boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. They tell me we've done this for 45 weeks now. I feel like I've aged a lot since we started. Hey, producer Chris, it's the Total B She Show. I'm in a different kind of mood this week than last week. I came in a little bit hot. And hot almost. Yes, and you know what the worst part is? Thank you, Jeez Weez, who doesn't want to be known as Mecca Shane because that's a tribute to Omar Nicholas. Um, one thing I forgot when I got fired up last week was a friend of mine, Rob Stardom, a friend of all of ours, was he's doing something real amazing. Uh, he did it now, but he was doing something amazing. I forgot to talk about it. And it was, he's doing a show. He did a show at the Boy Downs uh, on Saturday night. And, and it was for charity. It was for the Dream Factory, which helps sick children. You couldn't find a better charity for a wrestling show to be aligned with. And Rob did it. And um, I forgot to mention it. And I feel bad about that. But what I wanted to talk about is why local wrestling promoters never identify a way to properly align themselves with charity. Now, Rob has probably thought about this a lot, Rob Stardom, who just did it for charity. There wasn't really any other motive. CWE, I don't know if they ever do anything for charity. I'm not aware of anything. No, I know Primo's. I mean, they did that uh, in that Fanny Style show. It was like a... A fundraiser, fundraiser. But, it, but it was booked by the c- people who wanted to fundraise. It what would be a charity that you think would be something that would tie in? Well, well I, I don't know. Like, I think anything where it helps bullied kids would be a good one. Uh, anything where it helps, you any, know. Any children's charity, really. Children's or, or, you know, like people who've been product of abuse or anything like that. I, it's it, It's weird. I just, I thought it was great that Rob Stardom was able to do this, come up with this. But nobody else has has done it. And when I when I promoted, I think we tried to uh, collect food donations for what was Winnipeg Harvest at the time. I don't think it's even known as Winnipeg Harvest anymore. And 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 I know Primos did that recently too. I guess it's it's great that Rob has raised the bar. But why are not? Why is it never on the forefront for people? In it? I know why the economics don't allow to focus on on the raising of money for charity. But it's something that I think everyone could do something with. I, you know what I think they should do rather than the wrestlers shilling their own merch for profit is why don't the wrestlers donate each wrestler donate something that's raising money for charity for a month or something like that. Well, cause How, a lot of the wrestlers are the ones who are getting the charity. Well, no, the wrestlers see the merchandise as a big part of their revenue. Right. I, I don't know. I don't correct, want, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't, was there not a trend at one time locally where there were charity shows or is, am I? Well, there was like bring a tin for the bin. Cause, yeah. Cause I, stuff I like feel that. like, like there Headlock was a lock on there, hunger. Yeah. There was like a time where there was not tons of them, but there were some more than there are now. You're right. I haven't seen anything like this in a very long time, but I feel like maybe 10, 15 years ago there was. I think Bobby J probably would have had a better pulse on. Did he? I know that Jeff Dick and I tried when we were running the Investors Group Athletic Center. Yeah, I, I mean, nothing comes to mind, but I'm pretty no. sure Bobby. I'm pretty sure Bobby found a way to tie yeah. with some sort of charities. I know but Tony Can, Tony Candelo used to do Make a Wish. Yeah, but you know, you never really had a complete comfort of what was really happening, right? So I think it's something that promoters should look at doing: is how can they be giving? I don't think promoters are taking a lot from from 
you know, the fan base or from the community, but they could always be looking at ways to give back and wrestlers. Wrestlers could be looking at that. That could be an initiative amongst any wrestler. I think they need to change. They need to broaden their vision away from, Hey, we're trying to build this independent wrestling. And that's the other thing. Wrestlers right now, they're not trying to build any independent wrestling company. It's almost like they're trying to build the entire entity of independent wrestling from ground from the ground floor up to a respectable ground three or floor three almost, right? Like, is there a wrestler that's sitting there saying, I really want CWE to be the number one brand? Is there a wrestler that's saying, hey, WPW is running some really amazing shows. I want to do whatever I can to make them better. I don't think so. It's almost like they're like, oh, I just want everything to do well so I can get more shows, right? It's so much different than 20 years ago. It's a lot different. But I, I think what I'm hearing is Mike's going to, when he launches BC's Wrestling, <laughs> yeah. he's going to tie in with a charity and it, yeah. everybody's going to be pushing to have BC's Wrestling number one in the city. So I'm that's exciting. That is exciting. I can't wait. Wow. You is know, that, is that what you're saying? Uh, I have to be careful here. This is happy chat at its finest. If I say there's no chance I'm ever going to promote and then I promote, I look like a liar, right? So all I can tell you is right. Like a bees sheezer. Yeah, like a total bee sheezer. All I can tell you right now is I've talked with investors three times in the last year since I started the podcast. And every time there wasn't a fit whether it was what they envisioned that they would invest and what I would want to do didn't align, whether it was a case of I didn't have the energy to do it. It's going to take for me to even look at something. And, and this sounds tentative and I don't want it to sound tentative. I can't say I slammed the door shut and it's never going to happen. Cause if it does happen, I look like a liar. Right. But I also have to say for it to happen, it's got to be in some way comparable to what happened in 2010. Because I'm not coming back to go back to the ground floor. Well, that's the thing. People only remember you for the last thing that you did. So you'd have to exceed whatever it is. I don't have to exceed. I just have to be in the realm. Comparable for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> who wants to try to go that high? That'd be like Mike O'Shea leaving the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, winning two Grey Cups and losing the third one, and then going to the ownerless Montreal Alouettes and thinking he's going to get into the playoffs and be happy about that. Right? It's a giant step backwards for him. His legacy is getting winning another great cup in Winnipeg. Sorry to the fans in the States that don't know what the CFL is. It's like when Ken Holland left the Detroit Red Wings to go to the Edmonton Oilers, he did it because Connor McDavid was there. And if he can win the Stanley Cup in Edmonton, he's one of the few general managers that's got the distinction of winning in two in two places. Tom Brady did it in it, in New England so many times, then went to Tampa Bay to win one. If I was going to do something, it's got to be like that. So, not to be, I, 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 I get, I get the joke. All so you're, I sound you're, like you're, the, you're Tom Brady of Winnipeg wrestling. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm giving you comparables. <laughs> um, you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are making me speechless. So, what I'm going, what I'm saying tonight is, um. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'll never run. I'm not saying I haven't thought about it. I'm not saying that I haven't, you know, talked with people that are my friends about it. What I am saying is right now today, there's nothing on the horizon. And I think that's fair. And it's very serious because I could joke about it. And I could say, oh, I'm close. Or I could say, well, I've priced out the ring, which I have done. But why did I price out the ring? It was just for, you know, somebody said, hey, I would want to invest. And I had to put some numbers together. That's all that was. You got deep pockets. You heard it here. I, Reach out to us. The other thing is, if I was going to do it, I'd probably try to self-finance. I would probably do it on my own on my own money. There's a reason for that. 
Because everybody Control. always no, no, no. In 2010, everybody said, "Well, if I had Jeff Dick's budget, I could do what Mike did." Right? That's what I heard nonstop. Mm-hmm. I remember. So the one thing, if I was going to self finance, I could say, "Well, how about you have Mike Davidson's budget out of Mike Davidson's pocket," which is something I would look at because from a legacy move, right? It's a long shot. It's an absolute long shot. Bear in mind, right now, I'm supporting every local wrestling company I can. What Rob Stardom did on Saturday, what WPW's done, what CWE does. If you watch the social media, we talk about it all. How about Cloud9 in Brandon? What a house. <laughs> 300 people. Now, I talked to Shaggy a lot during the process. I checked in with him weekly. We, we did everything we could to plug it on social media. He didn't believe 300 was the number. And you and for people who are listening that might not be familiar with Brandon, Manitoba. Hardest market in Canada to draw. You can't draw flies to she's there. Yeah. We've tried for years yeah. and years and years. And that was a, the optics of that show were, man, full house. It looked great. Like the setup was outstanding. Saturday night. I believe it. Saturday night, 6 p.m., 300 people. Now, comparably... The other promoters that have run Brandon in the last three years, I'm not going to say who, so it's not a direct comparison, but they were drawing half or less than half. Yeah, less. Yeah. Yeah, less for sure. The focus, and I'll tell you something Shaggy told me. He said, I went after the moms and I went, because the moms are- nine mom? (laughs) He said, I went after the moms because something I heard on the Bees show is, if you get the mom, you're selling three tickets on average because it's usually junior and a friend. He said that that was some of the best advice he'd ever heard. He so we screwed up. We should have went to the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had thought about Shit. this before, but he really focused his marketing. His whole marketing was kids under five, I think, or kids under 12, $5 when yeah. accompanied with an app. And it was an all ages show all at, ages, at the Roadhouse? Yeah, at the Roadhouse. So congratulations to Cloud9. Yeah, well because like that is impressive. Next time we got a road trip out there. I was supposed to go out, but then I picked up some overtime and the window didn't work. I worked till three, then I would have to drive straight out. And then I worked the next morning at 7.30. So you think about it, that's 16 hours and I'm going to do four hours in a car. You well, oh, should do a road trip though. Because yeah. it's easy in Canada, it's easy to do a road trip. Like even to, even I'd like to go see a top talent show. I'd Edmonton. Be, you know, I, I want to go uh, see that outfit out of Fargo too. Yeah, ground zero. Man, it, that dollar is terrible. Yeah, it's, it's not. It good. is a ugly, ugly exchange. Yeah, right but now. the gas is like there is things in like so we can get a night. It's not going to be Vegas 20... trip this year for the first time in many years. I am not going to Las Vegas. Too at expensive. All. You know what we should have done, and I know the guy you go to Vegas with would never do it. But the D's wees. We should have went straight to Mexico or Cuba. You can go to Vegas for four days. Or you can go to Mexico for two weeks. Yeah, yeah for the exactly. Same I'm not even kidding. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. My I, wife I, was appalled when she saw how much I spent. <laughs> Most of it was at the pool, but I mean, hey, yeah. it happens. But you're buying every drink and and buying every meal. It adds up pretty yeah. fast. But we go out, like we go out. We don't pay for drinks and clubs and stuff like that. But it's just like all the, like the room charges and the resort fees and mm-hmm. yeah, and it's those brutal. resort fees are ridiculous. It's killer. So, kudos to the local promoters. Danny Duggan did three, CWE did three sellouts in three days, they said. Apparently, Rookies was a sellout. Then they did Mitchell Manitoba, which was another sellout. And I don't know what the third one was. But Rob Stardom was both, or it might have been two sellouts in two days. Every promoter is doing well. How about Primos, who their last show in Winnipeg, they did 200, no names. No names. It's Cloud9, no names in Brandon. So, and CWE did no names in Mitchell and and, uh, Rookies. So what's happening? 
why is this happening? Well, same thing's happening with Impact. It's a cycle. But the, are in, there more wrestling fans out there? Is the product hotter overall? Yeah. It, are they hitting certain advertising where no. people just tired of being cooped up for three years and they want to come out? Like, cost, so the I, cost of I, everything has gone up exponentially. Yeah. Where are people getting this extra money to go do things? So like I'll that? tell you what it is. When WWE is promoting a good product, and we, I knew this when we promoted 2002, WWE was still a very strong product. 2005, a little weaker, the house was a little bit down. 2007, a little bit weaker, the house was a little bit down. 2010, products, eh, but that's a really, WWE sets the standard for how excited wrestling fans are for, for wrestling. And AEW has created a genre that's mostly men, and it's a certain age range. WWE still skews the entire spectrum, the mainstream right. They fan. book for the masses. See, yeah. see I, would give, I would give the nod more to AEW in, no. this, in this situation. Yes, 100%. And why? Why? Because they've brought back the fans that were lapsed, that were tired of seeing But w this isn't what's, this isn't, okay, so the lapsed fan. That's why there's people coming back to the shows. The lapsed fan is hooked in again. They've seen all elite wrestling on TV. They see that wrestling's cool again. It's like the Attitude Era. Yeah, but and I don't think you're looking at the fans that are in those in those venues because I can tell you, Primos isn't drawing lapsed fans. They're drawing the fans that WWE is encouraging to come out. And I, I just think in general, though, in general, we're not talking about if we're talking about everybody as a whole, then we've got to take a mosaic of a lot of different types of fans. For Primos, you're right. Okay, it's, so it's hold a it though. I think you're giving AEW a lot exactly. of credit there. AEW's own houses are falling. AEW's attendances, Winnipeg excluded, have been actually disappointing. Their TV ratings have been disappointing the last year. Their TV so, ratings are about the same as they've always been, though. They did 800,000 this past week, down from a million. That's a 200, that's a 20% they drop. Weren't, they haven't been consistently at a million. Yeah, but they haven't grown in that time. No, I understand that. I'm just saying that the fans that used to be into it are now seeing that wrestling's cool So again. if it was the lapsed fan that's coming back. I don't think it's WWE. I just don't. Why Why do you not think that? Because the product is the same as it's always been. Oh, it, Triple H oh, has been in charge for six months. Yeah, hold on. Okay. So you're missing the point. Let's take CWE for example. Till November of, of 2022, they were they weren't firing on any cylinder. Then they hit the rumble to remember. Then they go into the anniversary. They're doing record business. Pre-pandemic numbers even better than that. They're doing numbers that they did maybe when Jake Roberts came in for them. Okay, so what would great be great biography on A and E by the way? What yeah. would be the factor in the last since November? Guess what the angle that's the hottest thing in the business is right now. It's Roman Reigns versus Sammy. Hottest angle in the business. I don't think that's bringing, bringing, bringing in these Except when W... Okay, I can give you a 20-year equation that when WWE is hotter, independent wrestling goes up. When WWE, is, when WWE is weak, independent wrestling suffers. Look at the indies in the, the late 90s and exactly. early Exactly. But WWE is not hotter now. How can you say they're that not, it's not... Their numbers are not... They're not significantly more than they've been... Their TV the numbers are better now than they were last year going into Mania. Yeah, they're better. They're not. They're not crazy. They're not attitude okay, error it. numbers. In this, I need to call in, Dave. In the same yes. discussion. Wait. In the same discussion, you say AEW, which hasn't grown in the last two years, it, but it, you say they're you're, they're holding water. Well, no, the numbers are your thing. I'm just using the thing that you've said. Okay, so the AEW numbers have stayed stagnant. Right? For two years. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Up, up and down. WWE's numbers two years ago, weaker than they are today. WWE's numbers a year ago, weaker than they are today. Something is going right in WWE. I know exactly what it is. 
Roman Reigns is champion with two babyface contenders that half the audience wants one to win, half the audience wants the other to win. Everybody wants Roman to lose. It's made the product really hot right now. And that is that is the truth. I agree with that, but here, here's why it's not that. Because those people that go because they, they like Roman Reigns, they like that presentation with Sami Zayn, they go to one indie show and they see that it's not like that and they don't come back. These are people that are coming back. Except you're missing the these point. Are, these are wrestling fans that were wrestling fans and, yes. and they're coming back. So at some point, you'll have to defer to my experience as a promoter to understand that when moms know Junior likes wrestling and likes watching WWE, They'll see, oh, there's a there's a local version of that, and they'll go. And if Junior screams and has fun, they will buy tickets again and again and again. That could be what's helping the the houses. Could be. Either way, I, I don't know what it is. I don't. I haven't looked at what what CWE's drawing. I did look at some pictures of Primos. Primos is definitely benefiting from mainstream fans getting excited about wrestling. Yeah, everybody's drawing well. Now, here's the other thing to consider: in Winnipeg, as a good spectrum, so. You might be right that the lapsed fan supported AEW, and it's about 7,000 so far. I think it'll get to 8,500, maybe nine before show day. But... Don't don't tell it to CM Punk. <laughs> what does CM Punk... Well, one second. So <laughs> what, did w- what did WWE do in the last SmackDown in Winnipeg? 9,000 easy. It, nine? it might have okay. been 10. Okay. It was nine, over nine. It was nine. Okay. What did they do for the last uh, Raw before the pandemic? It was close to nine. Yeah, it was. It was more than that. Yeah, it yeah, was February it was, it of was 2020. Packed. Yeah. And I'll tell you from being at the, at the Raw, I wasn't at the SmackDown because I was at the Bombers where we drew 33,000. But I can tell you that the WWE audience is some laps fans who want to go see a TV. And it's a lot of moms who take their kids who are buying into the mainstream. When mainstream fans are inci- excited about the product, you'll see more go to independent yeah, wrestling. Well, I agree with that. So WWE yeah. drives the traffic. Healthier WWE, healthier overall business. When WWE is in the toilet and stagnant, everyone feels it. Everyone feels it. Yeah, I agree with the fans part for sure. Yeah, and that I think is the trickle-down effect. All of the indies right now in Winnipeg are drawing. Yeah. But they're not all drawing the same fan either. You'll see a different fan at WPW. You'll see a different fan at CWE. Rob Stardom's going to draw a completely different fan than all of them because the Assiniboia Downs has a big, a big social media following of rural people. Yeah. Right. And did you read some of the comments on the Assiniboine Downs page? People had never seen local wrestling. They and didn't even excited. know it was aware of it. Yeah. They and weren't even aware of it. So these people don't even know there is local wrestling and they're coming to the his show. His show created more first-time fans. I'll tell you what opportunity. Now, let me tell you locally, one of my biggest critiques, if you remember earlier on in the pot in the podcast, many episodes ago, I said, one of the problems with independent wrestling promoters is they promote to their market and only their market. They're always talking to the people they know buy tickets from before and before and before. And they're not trying to talk to new ticket buyers. PCW was guilty of that. They had the same 45 people for years and years. So what Rob Stardom just did is create a whole new, audience and yes. it's and the Assiniboia Downs partnership led to a whole bunch of people in rural Manitoba who come in and and follow the Downs because it's you know they, they're horse, horse enthusiasts that that in itself is a brand new audience so right now what has to happen is a healthy WWE leads to more people interested in wrestling which leads to more people wanting to check out a local show that's just my opinion I could be wrong but that's what I believe and AEW unfortunately is too much to the hardcore wrestling fan. 
they will go to independent wrestling too, but they already do go. That's the thing is the fans that go to AEW, those laps fans still went to local independent shows. Yeah. You need to book to the masses and that's yeah. what WWE does. AEW, they won't focus on that because people like me, we're going to watch AEW, but we're also going to watch WWE. And personally, I think actually WWE, like, like we've stated here is a far better product right now. Right now. Yeah. Than AEW yeah. NXT is a better product. I would argue this AEW right now. WWE is a one trick pony to a certain degree. It's really hot with their top angle. I don't know too much underneath that. That's really, really hot right now for their product. Well, the, the, the women's championship stuff is good. Like Charlotte and Rhea, like that's getting some good traction. That whole Dominic Mysterio thing is pretty hot. Yeah, that that's been working. I mean, they hate Dominic Mysterio, so that's (laughs) been good. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I think they're on the right path. I mean, yeah. honestly, I can't remember a WrestleMania I've been excited for in maybe 15 years. Maybe the last time I was at a WrestleMania was 23. And this one is, you're excited for this one? I'm excited. I've been really? excited for okay. this one for months. See, I was excited uh, for Elimination Chamber, uh, see, and that's I'm, a B-level paper. I'm not, I'm not plus about this WrestleMania. I'm like, uh, I'm so excited about it. Yeah, what, what are we at for excited. time? 20 minutes. Okay, I'm going to tell you a funny story. WrestleMania 10, WWE goes into Mania with Yokozuna on top, and everyone thinks Luger's coming out of the, of the <laughs> pay-per-view as champion, and they go to Bret Hart. And I remember coming out of that pay-per-view thinking WWE's on the right track. WrestleMania 10 was a good pay-per-view. Bret's on top. You've got a wrestling champion, a good babyface champion, and the only reason why they took the step back after Bret wins the title is Owen wasn't a strong enough heel for Bret. That's the only reason. Cause, and the reason why it worked for Brett and Owen to do that program was Owen beat him at Mania. Mm-hmm. But nobody thought in Sma- at SummerSlam, Owen's going to win the title from Brett. No. And that's the same thing happened to Warrior at WrestleMania 6. He beats Hogan for the title, and they have no heel lined up. For, no vulner- There was no vulnerability for him with the next heel. Nobody thought he was going to lose to Rude at SummerSlam. He probably should have wrestled Tenta so Tenta could have the size advantage. And nobody thought Slaughter was going to beat him at the Rumble either, right? So the a babyface champion, people have to believe he's in danger of losing it at all times, right? That's why it works. The only So Hart comes out, that, that's where we're at going into this Mania. Everyone believes Cody's going to leave Mania as the champion. I don't know if that's the best move. So once they go to Cody, you got to have the heel who's going to who's going to dance with him ready to go. Does WWE have the next heel? Well, that's yeah. the, that's the story is that Roman is ready to take some time off, you know, just from the dirt sheet. So who knows? But he's ready to take a little bit of a break. But who's who's that heel? He's ready to take a bit of a break. He works two days a month. Yeah. yeah. Well, when they have the baby face, unless they're going to flip Brock and give Brock a run or no, Lashley. Brock's- yeah, I Brock's, think Brock's done. He's, he's out of the picture. They got a lot of problems there, right? So it's it's almost like uh, in '93, I think it was Flair beats Vader for the WCW title. Starcade '93. Yeah. Now that that match was wasn't supposed to happen. No, and and they went and they booked that one. It was all backwards booking. Like, oh God, Sid's out, so now it's going to well, be Flair. And Flair lost the you know the international title to Rude at Halloween Havoc. That yeah, year. so R- Flair wasn't exactly the hottest babyface going into that. But the story they told, Flair wins the title. Guess what they didn't have when Flair wins the title as a babyface? The next heel to run with Flair. So then he had to go into the program with Steamboat. Then he had to turn heel for Hogan. Talk about like mismatch booking, right? So you can build the money match, but if you don't have, you got to be thinking, okay, 
if if the if if WrestleMania is going to go to Cody, who's going to be the guy that's going to run with him? Because right half after? of the thing is the chase. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Everybody's like, all these people are saying, you know, they wanted Sammy to win, but these are the same people that complain. Like WWE, they don't let anything build. They let hot shot everything. Oh, they've let everything yeah. build that's, on this one. They, I mean, they did the right thing. I hope people are looking at that now, saying, man, they did the right thing because. I was listening to Eric Bischoff talk about this. Okay, so Sammy wins the title. Now what? Yeah. Now what does he do? Do we have a, a hot heel to go against Sammy Zayn? No. And you know what? Great. That worked great in Montreal, but not everywhere is Montreal. Yeah. And it's like when Ray won the title, right? Yeah. Everyone wanted Ray yeah. to win it. Or Eddie when he beat Brock. Yeah. Then then when nobody thought he was going to lose it to JBL. I hope they stay the course. And I predicted this a few weeks ago on the B-Shees. I said Roman Reigns is going to retain the championship at WrestleMania. And you know what? Cody is going to win it. That story will unfold. Yes. But it, I think it's too soon. I think, they, I think they're a better company if they leave Roman on top and let another Agreed. the next babyface come up and chase. And then you have three babyfaces chasing. You can never have too many babyfaces chasing a heel champion. Ric Flair, when he held, when he held the Cro for Crockett and he had Dusty Sting and Luger chasing him, much better. And he, you thought he could lose it at any given day. Then he lost it to Ronnie Garvin, of all people. And everyone's like, where did this come from? So that's all I'm saying. They're not on last, are they? Uh, Roman and... Uh, they haven't decided, but I, I would I imagine the main event for night one will be Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. And I think the main event for two will be Roman and Cody. Because that's just I know the, the way they used to do things. And I mean, it's new regime now, but they wouldn't want to leave a mania with a heel on top. A lot of times they want to send people home happy. So... That makes me think, Cody, I, I, I'm I with you. I think it should be Roman, but I've just based on that sort of booking that they've done in the past, I, I would say Cody. But we are talking about it, and nobody knows, so yeah, that's a good that's thing a good for thing. WWE. Yeah, I think if there was such a thing as legitimate betting odds, it'd be great. Um, but we can move on from that, and, and kudos to Rob Stardom. That's something I should have said last week. I feel bad about that. We should actually plug his vlog, too. If anybody uh, out there is uh, interested in checking out Rob Stardom's vlog on YouTube, he uploads content like every day almost. Yeah. Like, and we're talking 20, 25 minutes of content at every show. So it's a really good look, like kind of behind the scenes of the show. So check out uh, Rob Stardom's vlog. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty entertaining stuff. And one other thing we were going to talk about quickly was the show in Calgary, Dungeon Wrestling. Mm -hmm. 900 and probably 50 at the old Stampede Pavilion. Yep. Um, People, uh, wrestling's alive and well everywhere. Yep. That's how you know, getting back to the debate we had, it's how you know there is one catalyst that's making the industry stronger because it's happening across Canada. It's happening in the States. There is something that, is in, uh, that has triggered fans. It might just be that people are so mad that they spent two years, no entertainment, and they're like, I'm going to spend money on all entertainment. Yeah. That could be it, but there is a buying trend. But Dungeon Wrestling, it's Bret Hart's son, Dallas Hart. Yep. And uh, he's got a few partners and, you know, Meltzer says Brett's very involved. I asked what my, my eyes and ears in Calgary. And he said, well, he's doing something. It's probably Brett's money, but Brett apparently, <laughs> hopefully this doesn't come back to burn me. Brett's like the, the dad that every time his kids have a dream to do something, Brett just goes to the bank and gives them the investment they need to do it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, and this is working. I mean, depending on what their budget is, I guess I, we don't know what their budget was for their talent. It couldn't but, have been that bad because the main event was Aldis versus Masters. Yeah, so if they're booking nine, if they're getting 900 fans in the stands, they got to be making something you would, think well the venue itself costs a lot to rent but i don't know i don't i don't need to know what the economics are because you know what if they're building their brand and they're building 
the territory, I think it's great news. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total Bees Cheese Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code BEESCHEESE. Again, the code is B-E-E-Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. I love pushing local brands on the Total BG Show, and one of my favorites is the locally made pretzel main event munchies. And every week we do a trivia question to give away a bag. Last week's trivia question was, Eddie Guerrero left WCW in 2000. Who were the three guys who left with him? It was the Radicals, Perry Sadron, Chris Benoit, and Dean Malenko. And our friend Derek Lowen, who listens to every single show, he was the first one to answer that one right. Friend of the show, uh, super fan Dave, uh, Dave Cote. Yep. He also answered it right, but he was late. And somebody else had it second. I can't remember who it was. Well, we won't have three winners this week. No. So now Jeez Weez has come up with the trivia question. Still kind of an easy one, but I, I want to work my way up. To yeah. It. So there are two wrestlers that were in every WrestleMania, one through nine. You have to name them. And uh, good luck because... Oddly enough, when I heard the question, I named the obscure one first and wasn't sure about the one that it's, you should have known. It's true. Yeah. Yes. Um, but two wrestlers were in every single main, uh, every single WrestleMania from one through nine. Who are they? And if you get that one right, go to social media, tag Main Event Munchies, and tag at Total Bees And if you're the first one I see, and I can go back and see the time so I can get it exactly right, you could win a bag of main event munchies. Whoa, whoa, what social media? Uh, Facebook, at Total Bees Show. Yep. Uh, Instagram, at Total Bees Twitter, at Total Bees And you can just email us at totalbees at gmail.com. I just th- I thought I'd throw that back. Yeah. Usually you hit me with that. Well, the, I, I was the PayPal. Sw- PayPal, if you want to. No, I, I don't want people sending us money, <laughs> no. but we do have PayPal, totalbeesshees at gmail.com. There has been, in the past, people give us $5 at a time. Um, somebody offered to give me more, but much like, do you know there's a thing with feet pics? Yeah, sure. They, yeah. they wanted feet pics? People sell feet pictures. No, I believe that, but they wanted them? Like, listen, No, 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 oh, okay. no. Okay, I was going to say, grab listen, the camera, let's go. There's people, a lady at the gym was telling me yesterday, she's a teacher. Yeah. There's kids now in schools... They have to put a litter box in the bathroom. Because they piss on the floor? People. They identify as cats. Yep. Ah. I'm not even kidding. This is a, this is a thing. Furries, they're called. The world is a strange well, place. Furries have been around forever. That was usually people that dressed up like a squirrel and wanted to get railed. Oh. Like that was a thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to direct this back to wrestling. We are off the tracks. Yeah. Uh, I'm not selling. Wait, let's, feet. let's see where this goes. No, I'm just. Kidding. I am not selling feet pictures, and I'm not buying feet pictures either. Just if to you be clear, wa- if you want them, you know the PayPal. You can tell a lot by looking at somebody's feet. I will tell you that. Do you want to see mine? No, no. Okay, I've good. seen them at the pool. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, yeah. You gotta do some calf raises, but whatever. <laughs> ah, nice. Um, 
since we brought you on the show, it's I, I noticed that I'm the attack here of a lot of jokes. I, I wonder if Chris needed an ally, and that's why you were recruited. I'm just enjoying the banter between the two of you. Yeah, it's it's it, we had a good debate last yeah, segment. Yeah, and let's see if this one leads we, we, to we cooled it down. Let's see if this one leads to debate. Um, AEW is coming to town March 15th. It's a Wednesday night, and I've heard only one name is guaranteed a dark match, and it's a 50 plus year old wrestler that I've known since 1996. His name is Massive Damage. It's confirmed. I I heard it and did not believe it at first. So I heard how this came about. That friend of the show, Tony Candelo, who's friends with Chris Jericho, forwarded a list of names. And he said, yeah, they called Massive Damage. And he said, I, I sent them five names and they called Massive Damage. Who was on that list, do you know? Was Massive Damage on that oh, list? So important. Okay, so Massive was on the list, obviously. Um, I don't know if... Why would he refer Massive Damage? I think Massive wanted to be referred. Does Does Massive have a wrestling school, though? In I is he think he does people? train people he, in, in... I don't know if... He, I think did, he does. He did. Yes. he did. I know he did. So why the hell wouldn't a 54-year-old man who's clearly be had... Be pushing his, for young guys to get the spot? Clearly has had his day in the sun. Why would he not want... Oh, okay. So, fair. What you're saying is 100% fair. If I'm massive damage, I'm going to this show and I'm trying to stand out more as maybe a producer or agent, which I don't think is his calling, no. quite honestly. And I've worked with him a fair bit up until 2008. Um, him and I had a falling out because he's a Vance guy and I'm not. He actually deleted me off social media. He did me too. So apparently, I, yeah. apparently he's... We whatever a, we had a disagreement yeah, whatever so that's it is. fine yeah. too he, he, okay. he, i know him and is he looking for the dr luther deal i know you guys read me he about doesn't him, have but... the friend he doesn't have the friend like jericho's not going to sit there and say oh sean massive damage thank god you're here yeah that, that, so i'm just wondering like, no so okay what, they're what i will tell you is on the list of tony that tony told me two of the five mm -hmm. um and there's somebody i'm trying to get booked if we've established last week yeah but. so it's realistically i'll tell you who should be getting this spot it's well, it's, and it's not just one no spot. no like, we don't know there might be guys coming in from so Minnesota, if there was going to be a, alberta yeah there's guys there are guys yeah. there was a rumor that heavy metal harlan abbott was booked and i went to him and asked and he said no and he's got a relationship to jericho so he said no it didn't work out this time and then i heard danny was booked and that was and the guy who was saying it was a local who should know and then i don't believe danny's booked. Danny, i talked to danny about that i think he had an opportunity to do it and but he's beat up. Well, he just said he does. He doesn't. He didn't think that he would be in um, good enough shape by that time. And I don't. I don't mean like shape. Like well, uh, he's physical. beat up. No, I mean just like he's got a few injuries that he's yeah. nursing through, and he's trying so to rehab those. Here's why: if if I was an independent wrestler, why I would want to do it is to up my stock. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm on the AEW radar. Sure. That's the only reason. Now, if I'm under the age of thirty and I know I'm really good, I'm doing it because I'm hoping to make an opportunity of it. There's only a handful of Winnipeg guys that fall into that category. Um, one of them is your friend, Chad Daniels. I'm not saying that's the guy you're advocating for, but you did a good sales job on me last week when you talked about his virtues, <laughs> yeah. right? He's a young guy. He's he come off a tour with Danny with CWE where he, he wrestled Austin Aries. He probably learned a lot in that situation. He's been a sponge. He's learning everywhere. He went to Jacques Rougeau's training school TV show, whatever that is. And I don't, just to be clear, I don't know this guy from Adam. No. Like I, I I've seen him on a few shows. Uh, I've chatted with him. Yeah. I thought to myself, Hey, you know, this guy 
here's a guy who actually looks like he takes it seriously, um, wants to make something out of it, um, actually had a very good job, got a demotion at his job. Because he wants to chase wrestling. Because he was chasing some wrestling opportunities. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, so. Yeah, commitment. Yeah. Uh, I do know that in when uh, Raw and or SmackDown was in town, Bobby Shink and Sam Peppers were both involved. They probably wanted to be involved with AEW too. I was supposed to be booked on that show too. Yeah, short notice. You couldn't get everything in they place. Couldn't get, couldn't get my blood work in time. They sent it to me on Tuesday. I needed it to them by Friday. They have, There's a commitment to... Uh, so you would have been doing what Massive Damage did? No. That's, I was just going get to get to that. <laughs> I, I told them specifically, I do not want to wrestle. Yeah. So uh, I give w- that spot to somebody who is, uh, you know, and I was talking to Helms about that. Yeah. I said, if you got like a security backstage punching bag type thing, any matches in the ring, my time has come and gone in wrestling. So I was very clear. I do not want to uh, be on the show as a in-ring. Talent. I'm going to be very shocked if Massive Damage wrestles a match on that show. And yeah. I will be watching it closely because at his age, I want to see if he if it was a smart choice for him to go, if he had a good showing. If he did, I'll say Massive Damage did real good. And if he didn't, I'm going to say he should never have done it. And it was funny because when I talked to Tony about it, he said he's a good wrestler. I said, I don't know that he's a good TV wrestler. And in his 30-year career, I don't think he worked a lot of TV. No. And one thing I'll tell you from WFX, and I had this talk with Liam a couple days ago, it's amazing how you can look at a guy and you say, that guy's got a good look. He's trained well. He's wrestled on indie shows. But you put him in front of TV cameras and he is lost. Like Doesn't feed to the right camera. Doesn't feed his face properly. Like maybe if Massive's going there to maybe do like kind of what they had in mind for me, where it was just like, hey, an extra role, you're just background noise, yeah. you're just standing there, there's a pull apart, that would be fine. Or if know? he's doing it for networking possibilities to help his trainees. Sure, that would be fine too. Or but- if he's doing it because he works, one of the things he does is workshops with bullied kids. And if the, there's a reason why Massive's doing it, and I'm not going to question that. But if it's, hey, I've always wanted to do this. This is the first time I've gotten the call. And even though I'm in my 50s, I'm going to do it. As long as when it's said and done, he doesn't look bad at his age. He doesn't expose how far he was from being ready to go. I just don't understand. Like, I get more of a kick out of watching other people get those opportunities as opposed to, yeah, you know, it might be fun to do it. But, like, wouldn't you rather, like, help somebody? Like, especially in prime example, 2009. John Cutler's going to go for a dark match. Who's the guy who coached him for his dark match? You. You spent a lot of time telling John, be ready for this. Carry yourself like that. Be ready for it. He got a, he got a developmental contract. Yeah. But like, yeah, but then that, that kind of stuff, like that's what excites me. Like, I don't know why. I don't know. Well, you had an opportunity though to, to do it. Whereas a guy like him, he never had the opportunity to do TV. Ice. If, if that's why he's doing it, like we're just postulating at this point. Yeah. If- you know, to put a button on this, I would be very disappointed if he was in the ring wrestling a match, if he's background noise, security, punching bag, okay. But if he's, they're looking for future talent yeah. in the ring. And I don't know why you wouldn't use your, you know, connection if you have one with Tony. If I was massive damage and Tony Candelo said to me, hey, I got you booked on this show. The first thing I would say was, you know what? I appreciate that. But you know what? There's some really good kids here at Edmonton or here in Winnipeg or here in wherever that I think need to get a look. I would much rather have them get an opportunity than me. What was Tony's motivation, I wonder? I have a feeling. 
that in the past he helped Don make it and he was definitely instrumental in Edge making it. Maybe he just wanted to prove one last time or one more time that he can call and get somebody a look. Yeah, but a look for what? Like, I, what are they going to look at? Massive damage. He's a 54-year-old dollar store rhino. <laughs> like, what are you going to, what are you going to do yeah. with that? Like, good question. Like, I don't know. I don't uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about was since 1986, WWE has owned Winnipeg from the time they took it over from AWA, AWA, January of 1986, AWA runs Nick Bockwinkle versus Ric Flair. That might've been 87, actually. I think 80, whatever the year was. Well, remember WCW did a couple shows in 2000. One show. show. Oh, that's right. One show. Remember how bad that was? I wasn't that. They drew 6,000. Sid against Luger and Sid didn't wear, he just said, fuck this. I'm just going to wear jeans. Yeah. And Luger. Yeah. Sneakers. And Luger, because his contract, he did every show. Um, But what is WWE going to do now to slow down the momentum that AEW has in the market? Now, WWE in September drew 9,000 people for SmackDown and AEW might not get to 9,000. So, but if WWE then comes back and does Raw or SmackDown, do I think they're going to do 9,000? Not really, no. You don't think WWE would do if they came back later this year? Depends when. They came back in October, It was hypothetically. It was their turn to come back in March. Right? And somehow AEW ended up with it. And now think- we haven't heard anything about WWE coming in. Okay, now, so part of that could be True uh, True North, like Canada Life Center, not wanting to hurt AEW's draw by announcing what WWE's date is. It will be very interesting between now and, say, May 1st, if WWE's going to announce a date. If not, it would seem like they've abandoned the market. Do you think... so? So AEW, right now, they're at about, I think the last time I looked, it was like 6,500 tickets or something like uh, that. I thought they were close to 6,536, I think, yeah. something like that. I posted it on social media recently. So. so so do you think if WWE announced in, say, May or June, SmackDown or Raw is coming here in October, how many people do you think would go to that TV? So if they announce in April and they're coming in October... That's an interesting move by WWE because it blocks AEW from coming back before the end of the year. For full gear. Yeah. Like that's actually a smart move by WWE if, if they're trying to counter. Well, I think to that's keep the, the market. Yeah. If, if that's, I mean. And that's again, a genius move. Announce in April that you're not coming back until October or September. You really tie AEW's return date's hands unless Canada Life's going to say, okay, you guys can promote at the same time. Which then it'll be interesting to see how the tickets sell when. I don't think they'd ever do that. I don't know. What do they do in other markets? Like Chicago, for instance, there's three different companies marketing their next show in Chicago. Yeah, but I think they run different venues because AEW runs the United Center and WWE runs the Rosemont. And Impact runs something smaller. Um, Joe's Bar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sam's Place. (laughs) Either way, it's going to be an interesting time in Winnipeg. It's the first time since 1986 that there's bona fide competition for where the market's going to lie. Now, I do know after WCW got Bret Hart, they did plan to come into Winnipeg and and compete. Took them a couple years to do it. And when they did it, they were on death's door. Like Bret had already had the concussion. And then Benoit was at the on sale, but he had jumped to WWE by the time they got here. Ended up being Sid versus Lex Luger, 6,000 people. And it's really weird because when Nitro was hot in 97, early 98, I remember WCW would air Wednesday night on TSN here in Canada at 11 p.m. Central. So like you'd get Raw at um, 
primetime and late night. And late night. And WCW would just get a late night, Wednesday yeah. night replay. And you'd think, you know, they got Bret Hart there at the end of 97, but they didn't do anything to get into Canada. I think they ran... Toronto. They ran Toronto. I think they did... No, the Montreal House Show was April of 97 with Hogan against Rougeau. That was Which before. was shock promoted. Yeah, and that was before. But they didn't even attempt. So it's interesting. And, you know, the way Jericho talks about it, it sounds like he was like made aware, oh, by the way, we're going to Winnipeg. It's yeah. not like, I think he had obviously mentioned it in the past, but I think he was, you know, hey, that's pretty cool. We went to Toronto and like the next city is Winnipeg. So, so Jericho didn't negotiate the deal to get Winnipeg? Apparently he was told, oh, by the way, we're going to Winnipeg. And I obviously heard, he had mentioned it yeah. before. I had heard it was Jeff Jarrett's first order of business to get Winnipeg because he had just gotten on the job and they announced Winnipeg within a month. Yeah, I'm not Which sure. is weird. Either way, it is what it is. Um, I will say this, that the only time I can think of WWE losing their stranglehold was WCW in 2000, and Candelo ran Crockett Promotions in September 30th of 1988 at the arena. Yeah. And that one, he didn't draw that well. I think he drew 1,000 people with Ric Flair versus Lex Luger or Sting on top. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just think, but keep in mind, though, there's also been, there hasn't been anybody for WWE to lose their market share to for 20 years. Exactly. Right. So it's like AEW, they're making a bit of a splash. So, Hey, let's get them in here. Let's see what happens. Like I, I'm interested. I, I'm looking forward to that show. It's going to be a long show. Yeah. Why hasn't Kenny Omega done anything to move the needle on tickets? I think, you know, it's really interesting because when you watch their TV, they don't even put the little graphic in the bottom left hand yeah. corner of the screen for Winnipeg. They don't even mention it. Well, cause they they're happy with ticket sales. I think so. Yeah. But they're talking about their May show. They're talking about their April dates, but maybe the, like maybe we're two weeks out, maybe before that, they're going to start pushing it a little more. That's They've what, just done a, a buy one, get one free. Yeah. As uh, CM Punk pointed out um, <laughs> on Twitter recently. Yeah. Um, one so, thing I will say is Omega might, might not think he has to do anything. He, they might be so happy with the numbers. They might say, Hey, we're going to have a party in Winnipeg, but Kenny Omega should be trying to push them to 9,000. Right and again, now. getting back to your laps fan thing, Chris, let's be real here. The star of this show is Chris Jericho. Nobody's nobody's walking around to me saying no. Like, yeah, Kenny Omega. Like people are saying, yeah, Kenny Omega's from Winnipeg. But again, it's the mainstream fan knows Chris Jericho. So nobody's saying Don Callis. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Don Callis likes to say he belongs on the Mount Rushmore of Winnipeg wrestling. He says it should be um, Piper, Jericho, Omega, Callis. I don't know that he should be the fourth guy. Tony, I don't know. Tony Candelo? Well, Tony needs to be on there for sure. Yeah. Well, well over Don Callis. Well, I, it'd be interesting. I would argue Don could be on that Mount, Mount Rushmore. Well, only because they don't look at international accomplishments because Leatherface and Kerry Brown both had great careers. And I don't know Piper should be on there because he's from Saskatoon. He's from, he lived here. He lived here before, yeah. right before he made it. I don't Sarah think. Stock? She had a better career than Callis. In ring, yeah, by sure. far, mm -hmm. yeah. But there you go. That, good, good call. That's that. That's what I would say. But it's going to be interesting what happens in Winnipeg. As as somebody who watches the business end, end of things, I will say this: WWE, if they don't have the right plan for how they're going to keep the market, how they're going to play this market, they could end up forfeiting this market. So if they, if AEW announces a pay per view coming later this year, if they announce that on March 15th, they screwed WWE out of the market because people would buy the AEW ticket over the WWE ticket. And that's why I think that's going to happen. I just You're honestly right. believe that's going to, and again, nobody's told me this. I haven't, Dave hasn't told me this. 
Yeah. Nobody, I don't know any inside you information. You should ask Dave where he thinks full, end of, or the November pay-per-view is going to be. Send him a text. Yeah, because I will tell you this. If they announce the pay-per-view, that's the one thing WWE fans are clamoring for in this market is a premier live event. Because last year they did full gear in Minneapolis and a, little, a lot of Winnipeggers went down for that. So yep. I think, I mean, again, double or nothing, always in Vegas, all out, always in Chicago. So your options are Revolution or Full Gear. That's it. Should or be. Forbidden Door, I guess. They're well, not doing Forbidden Door. They yet. are doing it. It's, yeah, but it's they're announced. not doing it here. Well, I know, but that's the other option. You have to do that. Almost, are, are they going to do that in Los Angeles? I'm not, I'm not sure. You have to do it where New Japan has their strongest market. So Chicago, Minneapolis, or New or uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, or New York are your three best Given the location, though, it's it's perfect for them to do a pay-per-view here and then jog down the road to Minneapolis for, you know, the, for ne- Wednesday. For the next night. They're yeah. also doing double or nothing, and then the next day, WWE has announced they're doing uh, King of the Ring. Same market. Queen of the Ring. Same market? I don't know if it's the same market, but it's the next night. So yeah. Saturday night and Sunday night? Sunday night. Interesting. All right, let's move along. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. All right, it is time now for the Mary Brown's Mailbag. Mary Brown's Chicken, Crave Delicious. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba-grown potatoes hand-cut in-store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's Chicken. Crave delicious. Two questions this week in the Mary Brown's mailbag. You can get them into us on Twitter at Total Bees She's Show, on Instagram at Total Bees She's, and on Facebook at Total Bees She's, TotalBeesShe's at gmail.com as well. This one coming in on Twitter using the hashtag, hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag, from Uncle Lightning Dick. <laughs> Great name. Great name. Uh, he says, how were the <laughs> female accompaniments in the early 2000s? Um, he's talking about the groupies. Uh, he used a different word, but we're, we're not, we're not going to use that word. How were the groupies... And I'm guessing he's talking locally. Okay, and what years? Early, he says early 2000s, so that okay. would be uh, my era. Yeah, I, I'll put it together. Do you want to answer that? Why or do you, you want me to? Me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was a ring announcer at the Palladium in 2001 through 2003, and also the Booker. And I also was a wrestler at the community clubs before that. Uh, I think that a lot of locals don't like when I say this, but the Palladium era from 2001 to 2003 had more females coming to shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, Darren Dalton married a wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. That worked out well. Yeah. Well, it didn't last. She woke up and didn't feel the same way after a (laughs) while. Uh, she's a friend of mine. He's a friend of mine, so I'm not going to say anything disparaging. Um, Ronnie Attitude used to bring all the girls he worked with at Warehouse One. There was some real, I ended up dating one for five years. So it was good. I'm getting there. Okay. I, I'm trying to give you some insight. Slow burn. Um, remember that Will Damon brought all of those hairstylists from his hair salon. That's how the environment came about. You brought all the girls from Fabutan. You dated one. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so... And you and me and a few other guys would go out to bar hop on weekends and always tell them, hey, Thursday nights at the Palladium. So what would end up happening 
come Thursday, which was what I tried to do as a booker every time I ever take the book, the guys are going to come. More guys are going to come if you can get the girls to come. So the goal was always make it appealing to females. And when you do that, the amount of, what's the word? The amount of attention that the men are going to get. Now, remember, we also cast Mr. Amazing Sean Houston, who might have been the best with ladies I'd ever seen. (laughs) And Ryan Wood and Ronnie Attitude and you. and We used to go to uh, another nightclub on Wednesday nights. The the horsemen would go out Wednesday nights. And we were always the special... um, The radio station announcer would put us over who we are. Who was that, Adam West? No, that was Greg. Oh, Yes, Big, Big V. v. Friend, friend of the show. Friend of the show. For sure as well. And uh, I remember they'd always put us over and we'd always be the guest judges for the, what is it, show us your underwear contest. Yes. And, uh, yeah, no, it was a good, so, good time. So what I will say is in the early 2000s, and, and the guys nowadays, they think it's us telling big fish stories, but it's like, it was as much as you could want. And then what ended up happening is, I think our generation was better at doing it. We, we, we didn't burn them, you know, like we, it was, I don't know how to put it, but there was more of it than there is today. And it wasn't, it, it, it didn't cause any drama. There was never a case where we were fighting over a girl. Well, John Marius and Darren Dalton fought over a girl, but. Did they? Yeah. Me's please. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. Forgot about that one. Yeah, it was a healthy crop. I don't know that it's like that now, but I don't think the venue is like <laughs> the Palladium was. The Palladium breeded it. And as much as we just talked about how the guys did it, Andrew and Tom at the Palladium, you know what Tom used to do? Everybody who went to the Palladium on Saturday nights got a drink ticket to come back Thursday to redeem, which helped. Mm-hmm, it sure. really did. Andrew would tell everybody that came in, come to come to. TRCW wrestling on Thursday, come to PCW wrestling on Thursday. That's why it worked. It was a effort, but it, but it, it was, it was good. It was, it was, it was great. I will say that um, it was good here, but it was, I always found it better in other markets. Mm -hmm. Like in Detroit, there was a lot more, Um, you know, Ohio, a lot more. Females that show? Yep. The American, like of females of the kind that were, talking about attractive or just um attractive yeah and and attentive attentive to yes. the performers and yes uh, great, yeah and we're great, trying to grateful use, for this sport yeah and we're trying to use <laughs> re- appropriate respectful language right because we don't want to sound like junior hockey players you know abusing no th- women. things have changed so we can't use those yeah, words yeah no so we're was, fine with that it was like i always loved it here there sure. was a yep. large number of women that were interested, like yeah, and it made you actually, you know, hey, like make sure you go out there, you look good, yeah. you know, you try hard, you know, yep. you're, you're looking the part, you're you know and, staying in shape, you yeah. know, because you never know, right? And guys will work harder when there's women in the crowd. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. So that's that's the answer. It was good. All right, moving on to this one uh, from TJ Bratt, big fan of the show, asks, "Does the Booker draw the crowd?" <laughs> To the retired booker, Mike Davidson. Yes, of course he does. And I can give you one great example, TJ Bratt. Mike Davidson's the booker for TRCW in June of 2001. Houses grow until they get to 350. Johnny Malibu's the booker, and in six weeks, the houses are fitty. (laughs) The booker is hugely important. Here's why the booker is important. The booker is like the GM of a sports team. 
ask Triple H if the Booker's yeah. important. Yeah. He is putting together the roster that can win a championship. Now, for a wrestling show, guess what the championship is? A healthy house. A consistent string of health, healthy houses. How I, how I considered winning at a championship is when I took over the book, Ernie Todd was the number one dog in town. Well, he wasn't for very long after I got the book. When I took over the book, at PC, when we started PCW, Bobby J was the big dog in town. He wasn't very long after I took the book at PCW. When I left PCW and AWE started, it wasn't very long that PCW looked kind of ordinary by comparison. And in 2010, it was the same thing. The Booker drives a business. The Booker sits there and assembles the roster. 2002, we did it at, at uh, PCW. We could have taken everyone from TRCW. No, we didn't want to do that. We wanted to handpick guys. And I'll tell you, when we handpicked that roster, if I had any political grievance with a guy, they didn't get a shot. If a guy had politicked against MVP, they didn't get a shot. Johnny Malibu, prime example, no invites. Not talent-wise, but because he, the first thing he did when he took over the book is he said, MVP is too strong. So rather than have MVP bring people up to their level, he wanted to bring PC, uh, MVP down at the same time Crazy. as trying to get people up, which is the yeah. wrong thing to do. Imagine you inherit the book in W, Vince Russo leaves, and you inherit the book with Rock and Steve Austin, and you say, well, we got to get Jeff Jarrett over. So the way to do that is we're, instead of bringing Jeff Jarrett up to the Rock and Steve Austin's level. We got to bring Rock and Steve Austin down, so they got to do some jobs here. Well, Jeff Jarrett goes on a winning streak, You're, or put Steve Austin yeah, in the Rock yeah, in the yeah, opening match. Yeah, it, it doesn't work that way. The Booker has to have instincts, and they've got to be creative, and more important, Just like Tony Khan, and they've got to be a motivator. They've got to be able to go to every guy and say, "I need your best," and if you can't give me your best, I understand. And move on to the next guy who can. My worst mistake in history of booking in terms of regular booking and giving the spot to a guy who could not carry it. You do the best of seven with Chi-Chi Cruz. Business goes to a peak. For, we went from 150 back up to 300 and some. And that was when, keep in mind, we were wrestling that week. Three, three shows. Yeah. Three different shows, yeah. three different venues. Burning ourselves out. So what ends up happening, you and Cheech have the best of seven. Business is really hot. It stays that way for a couple weeks after Cheech beats you for the title. This is why I say you got to have that heel ready. You're going to, you end up, we decide, okay, you're going to take a cooling period, which is smart because then we can get you back over. You end up getting more over in your cooling period. And the decision goes, Chi Chi Cruz and Adam Knight are going to have a great program. Except Adam Knight couldn't draw people to care if his life depended on it. And the problem why Adam Knight can't is because Adam, Adam Knight thinks like a wrestler and doesn't think like a guy who needs to draw. Wrestlers who think like guys who need to draw, draw more. It's a proven fact. If you worry about your match... And you don't worry about, hey, what can I do that more people are going to care? You're never going to draw. The match is secondary. What you need to do to get people to care and want to watch you and draw, that is the most important thing. And that's, a booker has to work with the talent who want to draw. And you'll know when you talk to a talent and they say, I think if I do this that I can, you know, more people are going to care about me. When the wrestler is saying, I think more people will care if I do this, they got the right idea. And I'll, I'll use an analogy oh, one that yes. some, some people can appreciate, I'm sure. People's, I'll use an analogy of a real estate agent. <laughs> a lot of people say, hey, real estate agent, oh, I'm not going to pay a real estate agent. That's too much money. I'm going to sell it myself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Terrible idea. Because the real estate agent is a professional. They understand the market. They understand how to create the buzz, the excitement, the social media. And to get people in the house, they use their network, just like a good booker does. 
you know, yeah, you could probably sell your house and you could probably save some money, but you know what? You're not going to get as many people through the door, much like a good booker will too. So. Yeah. I noticed something when you, somebody puts up a purple brick sign or whatever that thing is called now, that sign stays up a lot longer sure. than when yeah. that hey, real estate I, agent puts I a sign I hired up. the top real estate agent in the South End. Um, and, you know, he did a great job and he got us well over what we were looking for. Very, very happy. And uh, yeah, it worked out good, but we would not have got what we got had we not hired an expert. There you go. And as there the booker is. of the Total BG Show, I can say we're on a hot streak right now with momentum. And this week will be no different. Thank you so much for listening. See you again next week with episode 46. Well, the boss called me up and said, come. And we are lucky to have this little bonus feature on the Total BG Show. We sent the Mecca Shane Madison, also known as G's Weez, down to Friday night's Winnipeg Pro Wrestling Show at the West End Cultural Center. And he was nice enough to give us a review of that show. Well, thanks, Mike. So I attended the Winnipeg Pro Wrestling uh, Once Upon a Time in Winnipeg event on Friday night. And I got to say, I was very, very impressed. Uh, first things first, we should probably announce that uh, WPW returns on Saturday, April 8th at the Alloway Hall. Bit of a venue change. They're going to be at the museum uh, for fight at the museum. And uh, the reason why I'm saying this right off the bat is because when the announced tickets were on sale, I saw people frantically getting on their telephones trying to get tickets to the point that they sold 250 tickets, apparently, before the show was even over. So this is a hot commodity uh by the time this airs if you haven't bought your tickets for fight at the museum you're probably too late so that's their return date on uh saturday april the 8th so i have a lot of thoughts and i'll go through everything and i'm going to kind of be all over the place here first things first very much appreciative to Devin and ben for uh inviting uh myself representing the vhc's show very nice of them i had a chance to speak with both of them let them know they're doing a great job and I guess we should probably maybe talk about the origins of how WCW started. So they went to a New Japan show in 2017. And uh, while they were in Los Angeles, they also went to one of Joey Ryan's bar wrestling shows. And they went to the show and they said that was actually the highlight of their trip. They didn't, you know, they enjoyed the New Japan show, but they really enjoyed the bar wrestling vibe feel. So they said to themselves, basically, hey, you know, we don't have anything like this in Winnipeg. And I think we probably need something like this. And I think we could probably pull something off like this. So that was essentially the origin, what they were going for. And I let them know, like, hey, guys, like, bar wrestling, I get it. That's kind of what you guys are. But in my opinion, after attending my first show, I would say these guys, it gives me a PWG feel. Um, so I would say this is Winnipeg's version of PWG. You know, maybe the work isn't as good, uh, but I think it can get there. So uh, overall, just an amazing event. Uh, I'll start from the top. They have security guards. And security guards are wearing yellow shirts with event staff on their back. On the front, they have a WPW logo on the security guard's shirt. Like one of the security guards actually looks like Doug Dillinger, if you can believe that, because they kind of represent or copy kind of the uh, WCW colors and the look from 1993 and 94. So I thought that was a nice touch. These guys pay attention to detail. Like you would not believe. Um, our friend, uh, our friend from the show, Alfonso, the referee, um, he had a yellow belt and he was one of the, one of three referees, yellow belt on with yellow, 
uh, Chuck Jordans with WPW logo embroidered, a patch embroidered onto his shoe. This is the kind of detail that I have never seen at a local level. The 50-50 draw, they have a tail, WPW logo on it. You get a stamp on your hand when you come in, WPW logo on it. Uh, they have one of those, if you guys ever been to a trade show where people have signage, those cassettes that you roll up to showcase your company's logo. They had one of that behind the commentators booth. Oh yeah, they have live commentating as well. They have a ring announcer who is very, very professional. M- most of the times I see at local shows, the ring announcer, they'll say something to the effect of, ladies and gentlemen, the bowling club is scheduled for one fall, introducing first uh, the challenger from wherever, and then they say the guy's name, then the music hits, super long intro, then the guy comes out. These guys don't do that. Their attention to producing show is second to none. What they will do is, you know, say prior to the main event, house lights go down. Ring announcer very professionally says, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your main event. Pause, pause, boom. Music hits. The ring announcer doesn't say anything. He lays out, waits for the guy to come out through the curtain. When he comes out, then he announces him. I've seen other shows where they have somebody's music, which is like a three-minute intro, and then the, the ring announcer's already said the guy's name. Why would you not wait until he comes through the curtain to say the guy's name? Little detail, but this is what these guys do so well. Um, the ring, beautiful ring, um, looks professional. The canvas is clean, turnbuckles with logos. People around the ring, cameramen, a guy with a microphone, um, all sorts of production people. Um, super, super impressive. And I will say this, the crowd that goes to these shows, I've never seen any of these people before. These are not your typical wrestling people who come to your typical local events. These are people that are coming out for a good time. The vibe that I got was it's a very inclusive crowd. They had, um, and I don't know if this term is correct, but the anti, I think they're uh, politi- uh, drag queen, I guess, is, if that's the term. I'm not sure if I'm speaking out of line. I apologize. But they were the hosts of the show. They did a phenomenal job. I can only imagine if we had hosts like that at sort of your typical local show. Probably would get heckled. You know, the first match, they uh, screwed up a spot. The crowd didn't chant. You effed up, you effed up. They were very forgiving. They were just there for a good time. And the crowd was white hot for from start to finish. Eight matches, white hot. They did four matches, an intermission, went into the finish. And each match built, built a little more. They didn't blow their nuts off. First match, second match. I don't even think anybody came off the top rope until the third match. So, I mean, these guys, paying attention to detail. The fans, they have fans there. I don't know who it is, but there's clearly this fan is an artist. She drew beautiful portraits, like pencil, I'm not sure if the proper terminology is pencil portraits of each of the wrestlers. It was like unbelievable. Like I've never, I've never seen anything like that. It was, uh, it was super impressive. Uh, if you guys want merchandise, 
They have a new shirt, apparently, at every event. They had hoodies for $55, T-shirts for $25, stickers, pens, uh, all sorts of different types of merchandise. Um, you know, very impressive. They had local um, people who, I guess, there's a lady who, I guess she has a donut shop. She was selling WTW donuts at this place. Um, and they had two women's matches. Uh, Jody Shrek was there. She had the best match on the show. Very good match. And it's nice to see women because women are hard to come by in this market. They've had some women uh, in from, I think, either Minneapolis, Calgary, or um, Chicago. I guess they did a, a carload of people that came up from Chicago or uh, Minneapolis. And they had some new talent there that I haven't seen before. So it was really refreshing to see kind of different um, talent. Um, and like all sorts of different characters. They had one guy... He came out with a foil hat and he had a, a banner that said birds aren't real. And just kind of like inside this crowd would get that. They would understand that because it's a more, I sense more affluent, a more um, intelligent crowd. Uh, so they would kind of understand what they're kind of starting to, to do there. So I thought that was well done. Um and then the other thing, there's you know, some familiar faces on the show. And I will say, you know, the future, I think, looks pretty good here in Winnipeg. And it's been a long time since you've been able to say that because you have guys like Chad Daniels, who works as a heel there, by the way. And that guy is over, like, nobody's business as a heel. Unbelievable heat that guy gets as a heel. So, again, for those of my comments a few weeks ago, I think he's miscast as a uh, baby face in some other uh, companies. Um, but guys like Cheeks, James Ross, they all did uh, an excellent job on the show. So very, very um, impressive. Um, other than that, I think that's kind of, I was just very impressed. I was very impressed, you know, referees wearing ear pieces. Um, they paid attention to every little detail. It's something I've never seen on an independent show ever from anybody. And I've worked for companies like Border City Wrestling. I've never seen guys who pay attention to detail like this. And that was probably the most impressive thing. So if you've never been to a WPW show, you need to check it out because there's nobody locally who even comes close to the production, to the atmosphere, of this type of show. And, you know, we talked about exclusivity on this show. And for me, my thing was, I always wanted to work somewhere that I could be proud of. Work somewhere that invested in me like I invest in this business. So we're talking about exclusivity. I would see no reason why some of the talent that works on these WPW shows, I would, if, if they asked me to be exclusive for them, I would have no problem saying yes to that. Because after what I've seen, the commitment that these guys have to quality, to the um, venue, to the presentation, to the marketing, their commitment warrants that same commitment back from the talent. So, um, you know, if there's ever been a case for exclusivity, I would say these guys have it because they are hands down, um, they are way above and beyond anything I've ever seen at any local level. So, um, bravo, guys. Uh, super, super good job. Thanks for having us 
and uh, hopefully we'll see you again in April. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post. And the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Erics can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R A S S L I N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called and friend. She could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling. Really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights. They were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Coming up here anytime soon.